Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today we welcome back DC Sports Training's Jeff Moyer. And Jeff and I are going to sit down and, and talk about training vision with your athletes. Jeff wrote a great little article for us about it a few weeks back, and uh, it really got some good replies and some good notice and, and some good traffic from our readers. So I wanted to bring Jeff on and talk a little bit more about it. We get into what his background is, you know, and who and where he was learning these techniques from and, and why he decided to bring it into his programming. Jeff's a guy who's really into on-field in-game results, and the things that he's seen with this are really, really neat, uh, and his story with how he got involved in it, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, and what vision training actually is, um, and what he's doing with it, you know, what does it entail, how he progresses it, and how uh, he tracks these things with these different economic indicators. So, you know, like economic indicators would be like your 10-yard dash, your vertical jump, things like that that show us that if the program's moving in the right direction or not. Well, he's got a way of tracking that as well. Uh, and he also talks about how he progresses it to fit in with his skill instruction and how, the progressing, how he progresses these exercises with his athletes. Jeff's really big in motor learning, and he's really well-versed in the topic. So how he uses these in conjunction with that, I think is absolutely fascinating. I love the talk. I learned a lot from it to the point where I'm really looking into putting this in with what we do here as part of our training. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. Let's get right to the talk. Jeff, great to have you back, man. Uh, the article on vision went over really well, so I, I think we need to sit down and rap about that. So let, sure. let's start out with Kind of a background, how you got into looking at uh, training athletes and, and adding this into it and, and where it came from and what brought it to you and, and what you see with it. Yeah, well, I'm still kind of a, I'm not going to lie, still kind of a novice with this stuff. Um, I was a sport coach uh, along with being a physical preparation coach uh, when I got out of college and working with quarterbacks and skill guys, you know, we we're always kind of doing sensory stuff from a, a sport coach perspective for the quarterbacks, you know, uh, hold up your hands and that's the target we're throwing to this and that. Uh, then when I got into the physical preparation part, um, to me, there's always kind of, where's that gray area where the sport coach takes over and where's the physical preparation, right? There's, there should be kind of a gray area. It shouldn't just be black and white. And that's where for me, the, the biomechanical stuff with Dr. Yesis comes in and then now all the sensory information. And I was introduced really into studying and using this stuff by um, Joseph Johnson, Ultimate Athlete Concepts, who's uh, uh, friends with uh, Dr. Bill Harrison from Slow the Game Down, uh, located out of California, and his son, Ryan Harrison. Um, they're two experts that I get all my information from on this stuff. Those guys are just fantastic out there, and they've been working with professional baseball, Dr. Harrison, for over 40 years, and his client list and resume is, I mean, that's amazing. And it's not just baseball. He does it with volleyball players, pro surfers, basketball players. I believe he worked with Cheryl and Reggie Miller. Uh, he used to work with Barry Bonds, George Brett, Jason Giambi. Um, I mean, again, go to his website. Just, Tony just, Quinn was on that list, I think. Tony Quinn's on that list. Uh, list. Greg Maddox, Oral Hershiser. I mean, it's ridiculous. He, uh, I don't even know because he doesn't talk about it. But uh, if you just look up his bibliography, um, uh, and look at the teams that he's worked with. He's won. Dr. Harris has been a part of a lot of World Series teams um, with the Marlins, 
um, with the Giants, and now, well, not that the Blue Jays won, but he's working currently with the Blue Jays. Um, so his resume speaks for himself, and I wanted to learn more about that. So I've been fortunate enough to uh, correspond to come. Um, uh, I get to talk to them a lot and uh, get a lot of answers um, to a lot of the questions that I have. So um, it's through Yosef and my meeting Dr. Harrison that I really have gotten into this um, this stuff with all my athletes, not just working with football players anymore. I, I do it for every athlete, depends on the sport, but there's a lot of commonalities uh, to start. And then, as you know, just like with training, then it goes off into kind of more of the specific type things. So That's awesome. So then let's get, let's get into that. So we've looked at now where it came from. So what actually is it? It's a lot of things. Dr. Harrison, I guess, would say that it's more than just training your eyes. We're training your uh, your brain. Uh, it's it's brain training. Um, you know, the eyes are important, but they they're connected with the brain. And in sports, uh, you know, sensory information, particularly visual information, is you know the the leading thing, the most important thing for perception and, and action and everything like that. It starts with that, um, and then goes to the you know, whether it's the conscious or the unconscious brain to form an action. So it's brain training. So even though we, we look at the eyes or Dr. Harrison looks at the eyes, it's also how the eyes and the brain work together. So the uh, article I wrote about uh, was, uh, about the eye track, the example I gave about the eye track, that is how well the two cameras, you know, your eyes work to feed information to the brain and how well that brain perceives it. So uh, I kind of gave a story about that tennis athlete and his backhand. So that, I mean, that was just astonishing. Uh, when I, when he first showed me that, just like, shit, this is what I need to be studying now. This is what I need to be trying to do because, you know, I, I always try to get feedback from my athletes, how to go this weekend, how'd your tournament go, how your match go, how whatever go. And, you know, you hear, oh, my backhand's still an issue or you hear, you know, my foul shots or I did hit well, hit, you know, two for six or something like that. Um, with baseball, whatever the sport is. Um, and, and then we, we dig a little deeper now with Dr. Harrison's information. We find that, Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, we can talk about stress and, and, and mechanics and we can talk about all the other type things, but I mean, it's also how the brain perceives information. So with that tennis athlete, well, he just was struggling with his right eye to perceive uh, slower moving objects to his backhand and, as a result of that, he was out in front early and he was pulling the ball. Um, so what the eye track is, um, and I'll show you, I have it right here. Uh, it's also, if you look it up for those listening, it's called the Brock string as well. Dr. Harrison prefers the eye track and he's smarter than me, so I call it the eye track. But it's all, you can look it up by the Brock string. There's some good YouTube videos that kind of demonstrate, but it's just a, a long string that we tie up. I have tied up kind of all over my gym at various heights depending on the sports. Um, and the athlete holds the, uh, the very end of the string to their nose, and then we have the beads, uh, kind of do it towards the camera, the beads spaced out. And what the athlete does now is we're working on their convergence, how well do their eyes converge on an object. And then from there, we'll ask them a series of questions. Uh, is there an X, Y, or straight line with the string? Do you see one string, two strings? Is, uh, is that meeting point to each uh, bead you know, in front? in the middle or after the bead? Is it higher on one side than the other? Is it brighter on one side or the other? We'll ask a whole bunch of questions that kind of gives us some information. So if it's brighter, generally that means that that eye is stronger on one side than the other. Um, if it's higher on one side than the other, that means generally that athlete perceives things to be higher. So I was just assessing a baseball athlete the other day and uh, 
went through the uh, the eye track and found that um, he is he's uh, he perceives things to be closer, but he also perceives things to be higher. So I asked, when you hit, do you generally do? You, I mean, what, what kind of is your issue with hitting? And they said, well, we'll hit a lot of ground balls towards third. Well, there you go. He's out early, so he's in front of the ball, and then two, he's on top of it, so he generally hits a lot of ground balls. So that's just an example of something. Now, getting into how to fix that and correct that, that's where I rely on Dr. Harrison's expertise. I'm not an expert in this at all, but we'll use this as a, uh, as a means of training now. So we'll do various things. Uh, I'll have them just practice it. So I'll give them, these are cheap and easy, so I'll have them bring them home, hook it up to their doorknob. Uh, I'll turn off the lights in here. I'll have them do it while they're moving, various things like that. And then there's other tools we'll work on to improve that. But uh, So this string's just kind of a... Uh, cool way for me to assess how well the eyes are perceiving information um, or giving information to the brain. Uh, and this is more, uh, the, the eye track's particularly more useful for fast-moving sport objects, so uh, with, with small ball objects, so like, uh, you know, ping pong, hockey, ping pong, hockey, <laughs> tennis, I don't even know why I said ping pong, I don't train any ping pong players, nor have I ever. Um, anyways, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it baseball, softball, um, even, you know, you can say for any kind of catcher or, uh, or uh, a goalie, soccer, we'll use it for soccer goalies and ice hockey goalies and stuff, but uh, so that's one of the cool things, so that's, that's this is the tool I was speaking of, um, and it's at di different lengths, and we'll do it at different heights, so for my basketball players, I'll set it up high, like we're looking at a, uh, a rim, uh, for my volleyball players, same idea, we'll set it up kind of high. You know, um, like they're looking over the net. And then for baseball and tennis, we'll set at different heights because the pitch and the, and the shots are going to be at different heights. Um, so that's that's use of that. And then, I mean, w with it all, though, to get, get kind of get back, um, you know, so we're, we're, we're looking at, yeah, we're, we're testing your eyes, but it's also with the brain. Because, I mean, we want, I mean, you know, everyone thinks they have good vision. Oh, I went, I went to the doctor, I had 20-20 vision, or 20-10 vision and stuff like that. Which is good, but that's testing, uh, you know, that, that's just testing how well can you read black letters on a white wall. Um, for me, good vision is just, you know, how well are you getting meaning out of what it is we're trying to look at. Um, you know, so I want to help my athletes get better meaning out of things. And that comes down to sport performance, but also from a motor learning perspective, which we can get in uh, later. But, uh, um, yeah, and then we'll do things to test visual processing just uh, focus. So one of the big things that, that I find kind of cool it, lately that I've been looking into is the science of stress and how that affects uh, sport performance and why do athletes choke. Um, are you familiar with the uh, conscious control theory? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, using external, thinking external rather than internal, and where to shift your focus. So Dr. Harrison was talking about how stress and anxiety can shut down various things and makes your hands shake or this and that, but also can shut down uh, muscles in your eye and, and, and how we look and perceive things. Uh, and, and with the quiet eye technique is an example of, of this, if you're familiar with that. Uh, doc, uh, Dr. Joan Vickers, I think she's out of Canada, um, you know, talking about how where athletes shift their focus. So the big thing Dr. Harrison also talks about is focus and the ability to have a soft focus and a hard focus. A soft focus is just kind of looking at the general vicinity, like I'm looking at my camera, or, you know, my, my computer right now, and I see you, but I also see shadow, and I see a couch, and 
you know, stuff like that. Hard focus is I'm specifically looking, you know, at your nose or if I'm a baseball player, I'm specifically looking at the ball and not caring about everything else. So we'll do things for focus. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, mental toughness is a relative term, and I know you, you have some feelings about that. But for me, I mean, mental toughness, the ability to uh, uh, stay calm under stress, under pressure. So one of the cool things that we use is the uh, VPX trainer. Um, so we have these charts, and Dr. Harrison came up with these, and it's a chart of 50 different numbers with in different rows, um, numbered 1 to 10. There's uh, five rows that are lettered. Uh, there's different sports balls on here. There's the numbers. There's different shadows. I don't know if you can even see. There's shadows on each ball right? Mm -hmm. in different positions. There's different colored uh, triangles around the ball, but there's also different corners. So there's literally... I don't even know, thousands of possibilities of what I can have my athletes focus on with just one chart, let alone I have about six of these charts, and we'll put them at different positions. So a simple focus uh, in search and, uh, is a search and find thing. So I'll ask my athletes, like, you know, and I'll time them to add a little stress. How fast can you find the numbers 1 to 10 on this chart? Just something like that. Um, so that's working on some focus and just uh, you know processing speed. Um, when they're good at that, then we'll go to odd numbers, even numbers, make them do some math, you know, from the numbers 11 to 47, how fast, you know, by fours, you know, work your way up or something, something like that. So now it's adding in a bit of the mental. So that's just some simple things. I use that with, uh, athletes of all ages. Um, I find my, my younger kids particularly like doing this stuff. Um, and then from there we'll add in movements. So I'll have them. I like adding this stuff in with uh, the warm-up. So I'll have my athletes, after they've gone through a bit of a dynamic warm-up, jump rope and just read me numbers. So, you know, uh, adds in kind of, uh, I can get some sensory you know, development in there while we're warming up as well. Um, and then we'll get it, we'll use this for more sports-specific uh, drills and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, sorry, man. So we'll, uh, this is just something else that we use, and we have these, and we'll set these at various heights. So like for a tennis athlete, they don't only have to look forward, they have to look down at the ball. Soccer players don't only look down at their feet, they also have to look up. So we'll set these at various heights, and I'll have athletes read me information at different heights, at different distances. We'll put one behind the other, so now we'll get a little depth perception as well. Um, you know, we'll do uh, ball handling drills for my basketball players, so they got to keep their dribble and work on various dribbling things while trying to keep their head up and, and read me things. So I'll put it at different positions and everything like that. So that's just some of the, some of the stuff that we'll do. No, that's freaking awesome. And that does sound like a lot of different things, a lot of variation, a lot of progression that's available. So then what do you actually see coming from this? Well, everyone wants in our industry, as you, as you know, quantitative results. You know, I took two tenths of a second off someone's 10 yard. I, I improved the vertical jump by five inches, whatever. Those are quantitative results. Uh, with the sensory stuff, it's harder to measure um, as far as results. The way I do it is, I mean, did they get better? Um, are they going through this faster? So I time the athletes. So I'm, I have a record board uh, on my wall. I don't have any strength numbers. We have speed, explosive numbers, and also some some of these numbers. So the fastest, anyone can find 10 numbers, uh, 10 numbers in a row on this board of 50, and I don't let them memorize because I have six boards and they're all different, is 8.32 uh, seconds. So it's pretty fast, how fast. So 
but that's down from, let's say, when they first started at 30 seconds. Well, that's an improvement. Now, that's a general improvement, but it's an improvement. Um, and then we'll do other things. So, um, now we have various other sensory things that we'll use uh, that I got from Dr. Harrison. So, we have a couple ball machines we'll use. Um, so, we have a, 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 a wiffle ball shooting machine, sorry. Uh, and we have it at various speeds. So, I have some baseball and softball players. So, we'll set it. From 15 feet away, the, it has a little equi equivalency chart on there. So from 15 feet away on medium, it's the equivalent of an 80-mile-an-hour fastball. And then the higher you turn it from 15 feet away, it, from a reaction standpoint, not the ball doesn't come out at 80 miles an hour from 15 feet away because if it hits you, that would freaking hurt. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's the equivalency of the, the reaction time. So this is what it's like to react to a 50-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, and... When I first started with my athletes, they couldn't touch a single one on medium. Now I have a 10-year-old kid and a, uh, um, an 8th grader softball player that on high, which is the equivalent of 100, I think, in 20-mile-an-hour fastball from 15 feet away, they make contact I don't know, one out of three pitches. Um, the softball player, she can hit consistently uh, balls off my back wall. Uh, same with the 10-year-old. Um, during the summer, during his baseball season, it was a rainy, rainy June, so they would go to the batting cages, and he was the only one able to hit legit from a pitching machine, 80-mile-an-hour fastballs, um, and he's 10 years old. Um, so that's, to me, improvement. Mm -hmm. um, now, getting back to that tennis story in the article, when that tennis athlete says, you know, after we're doing this, uh, the visual stuff, that he can... He's not early, and he's not pulling the ball, and he can hit his shots now, and he feels better. It feels better to him. That, to me, means more. So, you know, a little more of a quantitative result than qualitative. Um, and I know that's a hard sell for people. Uh, it really is. But, uh, um, you know, when, they get, or when they're getting better in these things, I kind of build it in, similar to what we do with exercise from a general to specific. Um, so... You know, when we get into more of a specific specific type of exercises with these things, and they're able to use various stimuli and do it pretty quickly and accurately, more importantly, uh, that to me is better. So that's the way I, I, I kind of look at it. Um, from a motor learning standpoint, quick little story, working on a kid's throwing mechanics, a quarterback's throwing mechanics for football. So we work on the ideal situation and the ideal mechanics until he's mastered it. Then I add in a stimuli. So we work on just him bouncing up and down until I clap. Once, he, once I clap, then he turns and throws. If that fucks up, then we repeat it until it's mastered. We start slow, build fast. Then once we, he can master that stimuli, I'll have him hold a ball. And for whatever reason, holding a ball, the stimulus of that can ch change a kid's mechanics. So we'll start with a tennis ball, work up to a, a football. Once they've mastered that, then I'll have him do a three-step drop. So now we're adding in all these various stimuli, building up to specific. Long story short, before the football season, after we've mastered his mechanic kind of in the ideal situation, I set up these charts in front of him. I have a net that has four numbers taped onto it with the colors red, green, blue, and yellow at various positions. So now I'll have him go through his three-step drop. I'll say a number. We'll play Battleship. I'll say, uh, you know, B7. So he's got to find in his drop what number B7 is and what the triangle is that I'm asking him for, and he's got to throw it to that matching color. Right, so now he's got to do a little thought processing and reading while he's doing his drop, and I can do this all in my gym. Um, you know what I mean? So that, but that also lets me know from a motor standpoint as as that stuck. So I don't just do ideal situation, throw him in a football practice, and he shits the bed and 
breaks back down and everything like that. So we use this, the, the, the stimuli and the sensory information uh, as a means for motor learning as well. Cool. And then that, of course, assists in those uh, skills becoming plastic. Yes, that's how we build it from a conscious incompetent to a unconscious competent, uh, but with various steps. And that kind of gets into the whole dynamical systems theory of using the environment to shape your movements. Well, when learning, we don't want to use the environment. We want a conscious control uh, and, and, and uh, use the sensory information predominantly feeling. Uh, and then we'll build to an unconscious. And that's where I use the stimuli of reading numbers and colors and having them pull the ball and build to all that stuff. So. So then, following with that, since a lot of people that listen are in college, and uh, we, we can't get into the ball, yeah. um, let's talk about then how this could be used um, in other more like general sporting yeah. type activities. So for cutting, we'll, we work on the cutting, you know, same progression you use. We we'll work on a five-step and a three-step in order for then me to uh, progress to see if that movement is sticking, I'll add in a stimulus. That stimulus might be this board. So while they're doing their five-step back and forth, working on their perfect cutting mechanics, I'll have them read me numbers while they're doing it. If they're able to demonstrate that and keep their mechanics, I know it's kind of stuck. So then I'll build in another stimulus. Now that stimulus might be me, and they have to change direction every time I point. You know what I mean? So now they're reacting to me. Then we'll get into, um, you know, I might have them, uh, you know, do it in different directions and stuff like that. So that's how I'll do it from a cutting perspective without a ball or anything like that. Um, but building to that, because again, you don't want to just work on the perfect mechanics and then throw them into a basketball practice and why the hell isn't it, you know, we worked on this for so much. I'm tired of sport coaches saying that, but it doesn't transfer. Well, from a, uh, Processing theory in, in, in uh, educational psychology, you got it's got to be uh, progression. It's got to be step-like progressions of uh, information and uh, sensory uh, stuff. So that's how we'll build that in. So we'll use that for uh, for cutting. Uh, I'll do that for uh, for throwing. We'll do that for uh, for hitting. So I, mean, I don't know if you work with tennis athletes, we work with uh, baseball athletes, and the coaches out there. So we'll do that for hitting as well. Working on their mechanics and then. Other products that Dr. Uh, Harrison uh, has that we have all over the gym is these two cards. And this is his 3D depth perception and tracking system. So what we'll do is, and they're not, the, a lot of people think they're that bar game where you got to find the differences between the cards. And a lot of times I'll just let them do it because there's no differences between the cards. <laughs> it's just kind of fun for me to fuck with them. But uh, I'll have them, I'll have them stare at it. So what you do is you stand back about, I don't know, five, six feet. You have these about... I think they're 12 inches separate on the wall, just like this. And what they're trying to do is they're holding an index finger in between them, and they're staring at the tip of their index finger, and they're trying to work on softening up the mind and, and getting them to focus on their index finger. And what should happen is you're going to see the picture split apart. And if we focus quietly enough and softly enough, a third image is going to kind of appear where you're pointing. And it looks like a 3D image. Okay, and then we'll work on that. Uh, so now we, we'll get into this. So this is working on uh, uh, um, convergence, is working on uh, uh, focus, is working on a depth perception and all these things. So then we'll work on the athletes holding that image and how far back across the room can they go while holding that image. How, how high can they jump while holding that image? How far, you know, back and forth can they hold this image? 
because this is now going to help them uh, with tracking, particularly, let's, again, get into tennis or hockey or, or baseball. Um, then we'll do it in, uh, uh, while they're swinging, practicing their swings. We'll do it, um, you know, uh, we'll do it at different heights. We'll do it at different locations. We'll do it in different depth perceptions, right? We'll have them hold it. Once they focus, we'll see how far apart we can do it, how high we can get it. So these little cards we'll have all over the gym, and then there's smaller ones that come with that where I'll give them for homework, so I'll make them bring it home. They have little, uh, the, hair, uh, the Slow the Game Down has a little wallet-sized one, so I'll make the kids just keep it in their pocket. So if they're going to a tournament, um, I've seen with his professional baseball players, Dr. Harrison has little stickers that has these icons on it, and I've seen pro baseball players have it under their helmet and on their back, little stickers, so they can work on focusing and centering um, before they get up to bat, stuff like that. So that's that's some cool stuff we'll do. So that's easy stuff. So again, uh, depending on your sports, it's I mean it's great for all sports. Don't get me wrong, but you know, uh, not all sports necessarily need certain aspects of, of visual training. So um, you know, this is something simple and easy. So if you have tennis athletes, you know, I just have these on the wall. So I make all my kids. I have a couple of locations on the wall. Hey, when you're getting a water break, just I keep this over the the water cooler. Do this, do this for a couple minutes while you're drinking water, um, and stuff like that. So that's that's an easy way to do it without sport coaches or uh, balls or too much equipment. Uh, very simple things. Yeah. So, people sitting here listening and watching and looking at all the at all this stuff. If you were to turn back time and be able to start over right now. Where would you have Jeff Moyer reset and start? Where would people, knowing what you know now and the, the growing pains and the learning that you've gone through, where would you tell people start here and build out? First, contact people smarter than you. Uh, I'm Again, I'm, I'm, I'll say this till I'm dead and gone, man. I, I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm, I'm associated with people way smarter than me. So contacting Dr. Harrison and slow the game down. And Ryan, Ryan's really smart. He's the one that goes out and travels with the uh, the teams and stuff like that. He does clinics and everything like that. He's he's fantastic. Uh, he also has an exercise physiology background um, as well, so he can talk training, which is pretty cool. Uh, but contact those guys. Uh, the first thing I got, which I really liked, that's applicable to all sports, is the uh, the uh, Visual performance uh, trainer, which is just, you can get these and you can put them anywhere. You just have them all over your gym. Uh, or you can just keep them, uh, throw them out on the floor anytime the kids are warming up and have them do various things. Uh, that's that's pretty simple and easy. And that's, uh, that's applicable to all sports. We'll do it for all sports. Uh, even my football running backs to quarterbacks to basketball players to any sport, which is cool. And then uh, I, I would start there and then, Again, depending on the sports and then the needs of the athletes, but in the college setting, I'd probably stay with that to start and just learn how to learn. And this is where understanding the demands of the sport, learn how to then go from general search and find standing at the board to building into some specific type of drills, um, which is great. So we'll do things where I have my basketball players work on dribbling. So wherever the shadow is, they got to dribble over the side of the shadow or I'll set up cones because with this comes a bunch of uh, colored cones and I'll set the cones all over the gym. So now they got to do various dribbling to the cones or we'll do defensive shuffles depending on, uh, you know, working on some zone slides and stuff like that, depending on wherever the colors are. Um, 
because now they're reacting to a visual stimulus, not an auditory stimulus. Um, that's simple and easy. And then what's great about it is you can make it competitive, man. I, my kids get super, my athletes get super competitive with it. Um, you can, you can have some really fun competitions with this stuff, um, which is really cool for some team bonding and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I would start with first though getting hold of the Harrisons and then slow the game down. Those those guys are awesome, and, and no one's really talking about or using their their uh, products. Doctor Harrison is a wealth of information. I know he's coming out with some books um, geared towards baseball first um, in December, and then he's going to have some training type ones for coaches uh, coming out. I think he's interested in possibly doing a, a certification, which I'm going to be the first person signed up for. Um, and then uh, I know Ryan does various speaking engagements and stuff. Um, I don't know how much they have going on. You'll have to contact those guys at slowthegamedown.com. Uh, now that baseball season's kind of winding down here, I mean, the World Series. Um, I know he's traveling to Pittsburgh in January. I'm going to have him come to the gym, uh, put on a clinic for my clients. Um, I don't know what else he has going on, but uh, I, I would contact people smarter than you. It's always a great place to start with, and that is uh, slowthegamedown.com. Are they on any social media as well? They're on Facebook. Yeah, they're on Facebook. They have Twitter. They have Instagram. Ryan's kind of gotten on that. Uh, they post some awesome stuff, and it's I'm a history major, so it's really cool to look back, and uh, uh, on their at least on their Facebook, they got some cool pictures of Dr. Harrison working with all these um, pro baseball players. Uh, he, he worked with uh, Carlos Beltran, Johnny Damon, um, I'm going to mess up his name. Stanton from the Marlins, who just signed like that half a million dollar salary. Uh, he's been working with him since he came into the league. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I like, from a historical perspective, I like seeing the pictures of him working with the athletes and stuff like that. That's pretty cool, too. But, uh, yeah, and then they have a uh, YouTube, which has got a lot of videos and training videos and stuff on there. So definitely check out their YouTube. Um, I, I just want people to know I don't have any financial association with them. I, I just... When I find something that I believe in and I think works, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna push people to that. Well, even more so than thinking. When you see results, it's definitely worth talking about, worth bringing up, and and worth telling people that this is an area that you may want to start to investigate. Yeah, Jeff, this is an awesome talk, and there's so much freaking really cool information in here, and I hope people do go and check out the Harrison's page slowthegamedown.com and follow them on social media because this is an avenue that I think is really the next step with a lot of us because we do well when it comes to teaching people how to move better and cut better and be more explosive but I, I was talking with Andrew earlier about it I think that the limiting factor with all of it is you know we can make them as agile as can be but if it doesn't go from A to B in your head quick enough, getting from B to C ain't going to matter much. You're not going to be getting the improvements that you could, and this is something that we've been looking to dive into for a long time, and uh, I think the time has about come to, to pick up the phone and give these guys a holler and get moving on it. No, that's uh, uh, that's very well said, uh, exactly. I mean, you can have all the speed and strength and everything you want, but if you're, you're, I mean, mentally you're slow and they're not perceiving things very well, um, you know, that, that speed and strength is not going to be utilized as best as it can. I mean, perfect example is, again, going back to that story of the tennis athlete. He's a great, he's a very good tennis athlete, very strong, very explosive, but his backhand kept losing the matches and stuff like that because of how he was perceiving 
the information. So we started working on that. We've seen big improvements, and now he's world ranked. And I think he's uh, number one uh, on his tennis team as a sophomore, uh, Division One tennis. So it's pretty good, um, all things considered. So that, again, to me is, you know, improvements. That's qualitative improvement. Yeah, you know, and looking with how we run our offense, if it'll allow these kids to see a little quicker that a backdoor cut's open or they got to come get the ball at a ball screen or whatever it may be, then it's worth it. You know, if that's going to be a layup or two more, get a guy open one or two more times, that's going to be a steal or two more, seeing a guy before they need to see him, box him out to get a rebound or two more. I mean, that's stuff to win your ball games, you know, and it's it, it may not be able to be directly correlated or pointed right to it, but, I mean, that's that's important stuff, and I'm, I'm really excited to get started with it. Yeah, foul shooting, you know, that's mm-hmm. that, that wins and loses some games, unfortunately. As a Syracuse, lifelong Syracuse basketball fan, foul shooting has been a crutch of ours, and uh, I, I wish whoever, if anyone from Syracuse is listening, freaking call up Dr. Harrison. Maybe he can help you guys out. Shaq should have called up Dr. Harrison. Um, you know, it, it, that, this stuff's awesome. I mean, improve foul shooting, probably shoot, uh, improve your uh, overall shooting. If uh, Cheryl Reggie Miller are going to work with the Harrisons, you know, I don't see why yeah. some of the better shooters ever, I, I don't see why other people shouldn't give them a call. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jeff, appreciate the time, man. Awesome talk. Thank you so much. And a huge thank you to Jeff Moyer from DC Sports Trainer for sitting down and sharing all this with us today. I told you guys, man, Jeff, Jeff is a super smart cat, and he really is a gem for our profession. The way he looks at things is very unique. How he sees this stuff, stuff is super, uh, super different than a lot of us, and I think that his perspective is one that can really help us out with moving forward with what we're doing. Um, like I said in the, in the pre-show, guys, I, I'm in the process of contacting the Harrisons as we speak, trying to build some of this stuff in with what we do with our athletes here. I do think that it's, it's something that's really important. You know, we can work all we want when we look at techniques and drills and yada, 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 special strengths, special, you know, exercises with change of direction and such. But if the limiting factor is your ability to process information with your eyes, then you're going to need to improve that part of the skill. So, I hope you enjoyed the talk, guys. I certainly did. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, post them below. Jeff is a no BS, no hiding, you know, no secret kind of dude. If there's anything you guys want answered, fire away. Leave it below. Shoot it to us on Facebook. Tweet it at us. And as always, if you enjoyed the talk, guys, please share it on the social media outlet of your choice. And we will be back next week with another awesome guest. Thanks for being here, guys. We'll see you then.